Hello and welcome to the Mindful Chats podcast. I'm your host Dara Torres and on this podcast I talk about mindset, mental health and so much more. Thank you so much for tuning in and I hope that you enjoy the episode. Hello and welcome back to the Mindful Chats podcast. Today we have the lovely Amanda from Wild Eve telling us all about the drink that is made in Horace. Wild Eve is such an interesting product. I've tried it myself. It's absolutely delicious and I'm so excited to know more. I'll let Amanda introduce herself and tell you all about Wild Eve. Hi Amanda. Hi, hi Dara. Nice to meet you. My name is Amanda Sarin and I'm the director and maker at Wild Eve. Uh, it's a drink that I designed over about four years actually. It took ages to get it right. So yeah, that's me. Wild Eve is a non-alcoholic drink, isn't it? Like I love that more people are are hopping on this now and starting to make non-alcoholic drinks. And I was actually talking about your product with a friend recently and she's from the Isle of Sky and she was like, that's really interesting because it's such a such a small community. You know, she grew up and a lot of people there drink. So she was like, oh, that's really interesting to hear that, you know, there's there's a non-alcoholic product being made out, out that way. And, um, you know, what inspired that for you? Actually, it's really interesting because Wild Eve came about, I suppose, because I'm I'm not a drinker. I never really have been a drinker. And um, and I just found the non-alcoholic options to be so incredibly limited and dull. And, and, you know, if you're going out with friends, you really want to feel as though you're having something special as well. And not just a blooming elderflower cordial or, or a Coca-Cola or things like that. And, and I just thought there is a huge there's a huge gap in the market for a non-alcoholic drink that has the same heat and length and complexity as as an alcoholic drink. And also that can give you that same sensation of kind of relaxation and chill. So I, you know, my background is as a a herbalist and a homeopath. And so I'm very well acquainted with plants and how you can use them to make you feel better. And so when I was devising Wild Eve, I was thinking, okay, so the trick to this is to, to put adaptogenic herbs in so that they give you that feeling of well-being and that your nervous system is being nourished. Um, but also you get a really, really satisfying drink. So, so I kind of started it out of, um, out of a selfish interest, Dara. <laughs> but it, it, um, and also I think what your friend said about Sky, it, it's the same in Harris and Lewis and, and the Western Isles in general. Um, there is a, there is a big drinking culture here. And, and I think that one of the things that you can do, or one of the things that I was seeking to do was to, to change that a bit actually and say you can drink something that is not alcoholic and get the same satisfaction that you get from drinking an alcoholic drink and that that felt a really important thing to me and I thought a lot about why do people drink what is it about alcohol what what are people wanting so I think what I concluded were two things really one is they want something that tastes really delicious so something that is um a satisfying drink. So that's number one. Number two is they want something that delineates the change in the day. So you're doing your daytime job, you're doing whatever you're doing in the day, and then you come home and you want a glass of something to kind of mark the difference between your daytime day and your evening. And I was thinking, that's why a lot of people come home and they have a glass of wine whilst they're, 
you know, whilst they're cooking and then they have wine with their meal or they have a sundowner. So any of those things actually happen. And and I thought, oh, OK, then. So what I need to make is something that can satisfy that need. Um, and that that's that's kind of what I was doing with Wild Eve. Um, and and up here in the Western Isles, I really like the idea that people can have the choice not just of, you know, gin distilleries and whiskey distilleries, which are all over the place, but also something completely unique. Mm, it is completely unique. And I love what you were saying about, you know, the fact that it, it's good for you and that there's so much thought that went into that as well. It wasn't just, you know, the taste. It was something that, you know, has the 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 floral taste and it is actually good for you, like using... Like, because alcohol, obviously, you know, as much as people don't want to admit it, it's not very good for you. So there's also there's also that element of well, which I think is really, really important. And you're right in what you say. I think I think a lot of non-alcoholic drinks are having a soft drink. I know, especially for people that maybe want to give up drinking, they want to stop drinking. Um, I know at the start for me, I miss that feeling of having a drink. So I could drink a soft drink and it just it wasn't the same. And I find myself at that time having like, I, I really relied on ginger beer because it gave me that kind of sensation of something like heat. Yeah. Yeah. So I really liked that. And I was, I felt like that mimic kind of the feeling of having a drink for me. Um, because that's what you associate with a relaxing time whenever, you know, you have, you have drank if you want to relax. And I, I definitely like, I've, tr I've tried Wild Eve and I definitely noticed that straight away. Um, I was sat at a table with, you know, a bunch of people and we all, we all had a wee sample of it and everybody said the same thing. And they were like, oh, oh, that one, that it was so different to anything I've ever tasted before. And it was just like, oh, this one, oh, this one's really good. And it, it does mimic that that thing of having a drink and it's really nice for people to have that option it, it does and i think the other thing the other thing about wild eve which which is why it took so long to develop and it you know it was for a good four years in the making actually and and i'd work on it and then get really cross and walk away from oh i just can't do this because the fact of the matter is that alcohol is the most fantastic really fantastic extractor of flavor it's brilliant. Mm. So you can put plant matter into alcohol. You know, all all herbal tinctures are, are pretty much made in alcohol because it extracts so brilliantly. Water doesn't. Water doesn't extract the same things that alcohol extracts. So getting that heat and length and complexity in water, it that's really, really hard. And that's actually what was so challenging about creating Wild Eve was finding a way of being able to to get the mouthfeel as well, because the mouthfeel is really, really important. You know, water is water, it's watery, whereas alcohol has a certain viscosity to it and you feel it in your mouth and it's pleasing. So I had to kind of think a lot about how do we get that same sort of viscosity. And at the same time, one of the things that was really important to me was that I didn't make an alike drink. So I didn't want to make a gin alike, a rum alike, a whatever alike. Um, I thought, no, you know what? If we're encouraging people not to drink and we're, we're, we're giving them an alternative, let's give them an alternative. Let's not just say we can make something that tastes a little bit like gin. It's not the same as gin. It's quite like gin. Um, and, and all credit to the people that do that. It's not a criticism at all. But when I was thinking about it, I thought, no, do you know what? In Harris, where I live, there are some phenomenal botanicals on um, mountain, on the Maca Meadow and in the sea. Let's actually start using those botanicals and make something that is unlike 
anything anywhere else and can only be made here. So it's locus is so much of this place. Um, you couldn't make it on the mainland because the plant matter is different. Even if it's the same plant, because it's growing here in this kind of wild environment, a salty, salty uh, air, you know, um, mad winds, the way the plants grow, so the terroir of each plant is different to what, what it would be if it was on a kind of milder, more clement mainland sort of growing space. So that that also felt very important to me that that I made something that was really of this place. So so that was that was kind of what I did with Wild Eve. I walked, I tasted, um, I oh blimey, found all different ways of extracting until I got exactly the right flavor profile and then I went for it wow like that's such a passion project as well it's like you know clearly you were determined you're like no I I know what I want to do here and you didn't give up until you got there and that's really inspiring I think I would I would be losing my mind and it's so special that you're saying you know that the ingredients you use are so unique uh, to Harris you know that that's so special as well instead of you know being masked distributed for you know just any any sort of chemical under the sun like it's it's things that are grown there and that is really really special yeah I think I think it is and I think that the vast majority of non-alcoholic drinks are, are not made with plants you know there isn't somebody out there picking I mean like we're out there picking roses we're out there getting seaweed from the sea we're out there growing chamomile on our croft you know we we do all of this and so when we come to make a batch of wild eve we have a great big pile of plant matter and and that's it's those plants that go directly into the drink what most people do and it's a very cost effective way of doing it is they have an extract made um, and there are some brilliant extract making companies uh, and again not to knock them it's what they do and they do it very very well but but for me I wanted, well, what I know from my own work is that the therapeutic benefit of plants comes from the plant itself, not not from an extract of it, from the plant. And so for me, it was incredibly important that we start with the plant. And, and what's important about that is actually when you're talking about um, scaling and lots and lots of bottles, we made a very deliberate decision that we wouldn't scale. So it's kind of quite counterintuitive where the the culture, the business culture generally is about grow, 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 keep growing, keep growing. The faster you grow, the more you produce, the bigger the markets, the, 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 the better the reward. But actually, I, I don't think about it like that. I think about it in a completely different way. And the way I think about it is what can we do here that doesn't have a detrimental effect on the fragile ecology of this island? So what can we do where we can make enough, but it's not about growth? So so we are effectively um, a no-grow company. So I've capped it. I've said every year the maximum we'll produce is 10,000 bottles, and that's it. And when the 10,000 bottles have gone, that's it until the next year because we have to protect the, the plants that are growing wild here and um, and we have to be truly sustainable in what we do. Because one of the big problems, I think, environmentally for, for, for the drinks business, the drinks industry, is just exporting masses and masses and masses of product, moving masses of bottles, tens of thousands of bottles round, round the world. 
it's an ecological disaster, actually. So what we have to do is we have to say, instead of saying, just keep going for growth, say, what is sufficient? What's sufficient? What's sufficient in terms of what this land can offer us? And what's sufficient in terms of what we need to to, to survive, actually, to be a, a you know a surviving business, and ten thousand bottles was was it for us? So that's what we've kind of committed to. And I think that what more and more drinks businesses need to do is to really start thinking about the environmental impact of what they do because it's massive, it's huge. So that's that's a big part of our story, mm-hmm. really. That's so interesting, and it's 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 really refreshing to hear actually because you're right in the business world it is just about grow 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 and it's it gets greedy you know and and almost you know unnecessary but you know it it's good that you haven't lost sight of why you've created your product and you know you still feel very passionately about that and you know you'll just see every every person that's enjoying wild eve is you know a, a, a we win and i love that i love that you you're very mindful of that because it's i think it's very important and so many people lose sight of that maybe um they lose sight of maybe why they started their business in the first place um because they just get so caught up in, in the money and the, the the growth and the success um but yeah that that is really really refreshing to hear i really like that thank you it's it's important and and i think that you know wild eve is not cheap it's an expensive drink to buy um so it's it's a fair bit more expensive than most of the other non-alcoholic drinks on the market and and there's a really simple reason for that one is we're not going for massive growth two is it's incredibly labor intensive to make i mean if you think just picking the roses, just picking enough roses for that drink takes days and days and days and days and all the growing of the, you know, all the growing of all the plants, all the, if you start from the very beginning from the seeds, which is what we start from with, say, um, the chamomile that's in it. So, you know, we buy in the seeds or we save the seeds, actually, but generally we buy in some seeds. Then there's a whole process of, you know, planting them, growing them on, um, getting them so they're healthy, so looking after them, all the weeding, all the care, all the rest of it, and then finally the harvest. And the harvest is kind of the last bit of it. And then we've got the plant that we need in order to make into the drink. So all of those processes need people to be to be doing it. If you have a gin business, for example, uh, where you're using, um, I don't know, bitter orange is a really, a really good... Um, bitter orange peel goes into to gin then and juniper and um most of those botanicals actually um people don't grow them they they buy them in so quite often the orange peel for example comes from egypt so it's shipped in from egypt um it goes into the basket you know along with the other botanicals and then it's run through and then you have your product at the end uh, which again isn't to diss gin making. A really good gin is a wonderful thing. And there's a company called Lusser Gin who make a fantastic gin. And that's all about the botanicals. But generally speaking, what, what happens is you buy the botanicals, you make your drink. It's a really, it's a really quick process. Whereas what we do is a really long process and it takes a whole year. And if I get it wrong in terms of what we need to grow, or if we have a terrible harvest then we can't make as many as we would have otherwise done. And that's that's a fact. Mm. Yeah, it's it's good to talk about this as well, though, because I think people just see a product and it, like 
this this podcast is, is fantastic this episode because it shows what really goes on behind it you know the inspiration behind it and I think it's so interesting and people will be really really interested to hear about you know how wild you came to be and, and the work that goes into it and you know it's it's a passion project it, it totally is and it, it was totally worth the passion as well um and there's just such a yeah yeah such a lovely story behind it you know um I think I think people will really appreciate that because even just touching what you said before I think people now like I, I, it's definitely getting a wee bit better now but if you go to like the pub with your friends and you don't really want to have a drink sometimes the options are so rubbish that you just people would end up just being like oh do you know what I'm just going to have a pint I'm just going to have a, a gin but if there are better options out there it just makes it so much easier for people to, to opt for the non-alcoholic option. And I think there's definitely a big a big shift in that. And seeing companies such as yourself, you know, making such great products is is really um, is a really positive shift. Because I, I do think there's an argument for actually moving on the discussion from alcohol free and alcohol to drink well, just drink well. So instead of saying, like, there was somebody who contacted me recently and he said, I'm really just a new drink, but I'm a drinker. And I said, well, who cares? It doesn't mean, it doesn't mean you can't drink it because you're a drinker. You know, that's just silly. You just, you know, I, I really like the idea that people drink it because it tastes really good. Um, and uh, of course, the fact that it's alcohol free has its, has its own kind of added bonus and, it, and that's great, but it's a great drink. So just drink it. Mm-hmm. That, that, that's kind of what mm-hmm. I've been thinking about. Drink differently. Think of a different way of drinking and um, and expect the same standard of, of taste, of consideration and of care in all the things that you drink, whether it's your tea or your coffee or your, you know, alcoholic drink, it doesn't matter. Just drink well. Think about it choose good stuff and drink well I love that <laughs> I think a lot of people don't give a lot of insight in, into what they're drinking they may be drinking you know sugary drinks that are full of rubbish and chemicals and you know alcoholic drinks that are full of chemicals and just aren't very good for you and don't make you mm. feel very well and it's nice to to think of it in that way is just just something that makes me feel good and tastes good and gives me that nice yeah. that nice yeah. heat it's nice to relax with you know that is a really good way of looking at it and it's really it's really refreshing as well actually is it just you it's there's a team of three of you isn't it as far as I can see or is there more there's um there's me uh Matt who does most of the gardening um Alexander who does um well basically actually we all do everything everyone does everything um and then there's caroline as well who's who's helping and julian my husband he also we all basically we all have to pitch it everyone has to pitch in and then um we have people who come a volunteer who want to come and do some picking with us we've got this amazing woman from the states called carla and um she flew over from boston last year and was with us for six weeks just doing stuff and um she's coming back in a few weeks for another month and uh, she just came and she's helped us. She's helped us immeasurably on all the seaweed-based stuff. She's been brilliant. So we welcome people to come and kind of see what we do, actually, and come and join in. It's it's just great. You know, we take people out foraging and um, they help in the greenhouse. And, um, you know, we've had people helping with making. It's, yeah, it's a very, we have a kind of very open door policy that if people want to come and see what we do or help us or just 
whenever, then we're thrilled to see them. If they can make it to this little island, <laughs> we're delighted to see them. I think that's quite nice as well. That it's, it's like a family thing, isn't it? But it's nice that you open your doors and you have volunteers. I can't believe that that woman came all that way. That's insane, <laughs> but brilliant. Like she's amazing. She's absolutely amazing. And in fact, she's been selling Wild E for us in the States. She's, she's, she knows people and, and so... So they've been drinking it and blimey, it's just mad. But she's great and we love her. We love Carla. She's brilliant. Oh, that's really nice. It's the connection you make through these things as well. It, it attracts like-minded people that, you know, take an interest in what you're doing. And, you know, that that's quite a beautiful thing as well. And I think, yeah, maybe for people that, that don't really know where Horace actually is and how remote it is, would you like to... <laughs> tell them like it's in Scotland I've never been to Horace but every time anybody's I've ever asked about it they're like oh it's a bit difficult to get to <laughs> yeah it's hard to get to so so Harris there's Harris and Lewis and they're they're two islands but they're joined together and um, they form part of the Western Isles which is a kind of archipelago of islands um, going down to Barra in the far south um, and it's there in the Outer Hebrides so there's mainland Scotland and the Inner Hebrides, and then the Outer Hebrides, and the Outer Hebrides are are exactly that. They are out. So um, I don't know how many miles we are from the mainland. It feels like a lot when you're on a boat. It's a lot when you're on a boat. So um, you can, if you're coming from the mainland Scotland, there's two routes. One is you go up Sky and then take a ferry to Harris, which takes about an hour and a half from, from the northern tip of Sky. Um, or you can go to Ullapool, which is kind of further up the coast in Scotland, and take a three-hour ferry across, which is a long way. So um, that's, I'm not a fan of the boat. Or you can fly into um, Stornoway, which, on, which is the Isle of Lewis, and then drive down to Harris, which is about, it's about an hour from the mainland by, by plane, and then an hour and a half's drive down to where we are. So we are genuinely remote. Yeah, it is. It is so interesting to think just like this wee island and you're just ticking away on your wee island and make it, make it wild Eve. <laughs> I, don't know, I, don't know, I, don't know. I love that. That's like the dream life. <laughs> oh, it's fun. We were making it yesterday, actually. And um, it involves a large amount of buckets, enormous pans, um, a funnel and many jugs. So that was us yesterday. We were with the big pans, the funnels and jugs. And um, it's great. It's great. And the label, I should mention the label, actually. The label on the bottle is really pretty. It has a gorgeous label. Straight away, I was really drawn to the bottle. I thought it was a really, really stunning bottle. This label um, was designed for us by by a young woman called Ianthi, um, Ianthi uh, Agblor. And um, uh, I asked her to do it this way because all the flowers that are around her neck are in the drink. So they're all in the drink, um, which I really like. And her hair is sugar kelp, which is a seaweed that is also in the drink. And then this view here is the view from our workshop. So just straight out across the sea. It's beautiful. And, um, and I, I really like the idea that we would have a, a label that reflected this place. And actually it does. And because she's such a brilliant illustrator, when I was showing her all the different plants that go into it and all the flowers, um, she was able to capture those so brilliantly on the on this label. It's a lovely thing. She did a great job. She's a great, she's a really, really great designer. For anyone listening to this, you definitely do pop onto the Wild Eve Instagram page and have a look at the label while you're listening <laughs> because uh, it's, it's absolutely stunning. I think like 
I, I was so drawn to the bottle straight away. I think everybody at our table when we went to that we um the wee non-alcoholic drinks tasting was was admiring the artwork on the bottle as well. Actually, they they all commented on how how beautiful it was. Oh, that's very nice. That's great. I I do. I'm really pleased with it. I do really love it. I love the colours actually, and I love the colour of the drink. I mean. It's such a gorgeous colour and it's totally natural. I mean, this is the colour that you get from all those plants that go into it. It's gorgeous. It is, it is gorgeous. What would you recommend? Like, how would you recommend to drink Wild Eve? I had it neat. Is there anything that you think it pairs particularly well with? Could you describe like the flavour? I felt like it was quite sharp, but I love like I love sharp flavors like I love lemon like lemon tart is right up the any lemon dessert so I yeah. loved it yeah yeah well it's um it's interesting so we we launched it well we didn't launch it I just said it was for sale from late August 2021 and it's now in over 50 Michelin starred restaurants and five-star hotels so it it's in these beautiful beautiful places so it has these incredibly clever bar people who are making wonderful things so they send me photos and they say when oh, we put this in this and I think oh my word I'll never manage that but one of them which is the star in Alfriston which is this beautiful hotel um what they do is 25 mils of wild eve about 20 mils of cloudy apple juice and then they top it up with soda and ice and that's a lovely lovely drink it's just a really nice drink so the simplest way to serve it is like that um don't put tonic with it i don't think it's so good with tonic i think it's really delicious with soda you don't want the quinine in tonic i think it slightly interrupts the flavor profile um so and I made it as a complete drink. That was my intention, that it was um, it was very flavourable. And it is a feisty drink, isn't it? Um, and I wanted it... One of the things that I'd noticed with a lot of non-alcoholic drinks was that you drink it, it's gone. Um, and the flavour in your mouth is quite nice, but then it's just gone really quick. So um, in making this drink, which is kind of very feisty, um, I wanted it that uh, that when you finish drinking it, there's a there's a residual flavor in your mouth. So um, what was interesting when I started working on it was I thought, oh, I know what I'll do. I'll design it just like you make a perfume. So a lot of my work is to do with oils and scent and all the rest of it. And I thought, oh, OK, so if you apply perfume theory to drinks and why don't we? I don't know why we don't. Well, I do. Um, you can make something really fantastic. So in perfume theory, the top notes are all the citrus. So there's bright, bright notes. And you need a good amount of those because they're the first things that your nose and your palate perceives, that kind of citrusy burst. So we use grapefruit peel in this to give that lovely citrusy thing. Um, and then it moves into the kind of the heart of the drink and the heart of the, the middle notes, the heart notes, they're all those beautiful florals, so the roses and the honeysuckle and um, all of those kind of things. And then coming in underneath that, you have the base notes. And the base notes are the thing in perfumery that make it stick to your skin. So they're the things that give it length. Um, and I thought, oh, so we could use gentian, um, which is this amazing bitter, and bog bean, which is a plant that we, that we pick here um, as our base notes. So an ashwagandha as well. So those plants, um, they kind of stick it. So they make it long and earthy. So when you finish drinking it, that length that you get from it, that's from those base notes. 
So that was absolutely fascinating. And once I realized that I could use perfume theory to make the drink, then I really understood how I could make it work. That's so clever. Like there's so much thought that's gone into that. And that is so, like, such an interesting way to look at it as well. Like you, I, I don't know how you, how you just figured all this out. Like this sounds so complex, but you know, you've somehow, you know, figured out all these things and made them, tied them all together. And it's really, really impressive actually. It's, I mean, it's 35, 40 years worth of, I'm old, you see. Um, it's 35 to 40 years worth of plant work. You know, I've been working with plants all this time and in different ways. So, you know, I dis- I'm a distiller, so I distill for essential oil and aromatic water. And that goes into a range of skincare that we make. And I do all the therapeutic stuff. So I know about all the therapeutics for plants. So basically what I was able to do in Wild Eve, which I think is why it's been so much fun overall, is I brought it all together in one bottle. And um, that that has been a really extraordinary process. So that means that um, every time we make a bottle of Wild Eve, I'm thinking about, um, are we doing this in the best way to extract the most flavor and the most therapeutics from those plants that we're using? And the answer is yes, we definitively do now. And that's that's great. So I love it that there's not that much sugar in it. Um, and and you're right, it is quite a sharp drink. Um, so it has this kind of citrusy brightness and then this lovely floral middle and then this kind of long earthiness at the end of it. Um, it is a complete, it is really a complete drink. And, um, and I think that, um, yeah, that just makes it so satisfying makes it satisfying darling. I'm craving a drink of it now <laughs> I'm gonna have to and on that note where can people find Wild Eve is it just in Scotland can they get it all over the UK where can they can it be delivered to so oh, we deliver it all over the place so um we're selling mostly on our website uh which is uh, wild-eve.com um and we haven't really explored retail very much yet we've really been concentrating on um getting it getting people drinking it actually in, in really beautiful bars. And, and because we've got this limited number of bottles that we're making each year, you're never going to find it in Tesco's. You're never going to find, we're never going to do that massive supermarket thing. That's, I'm not interested in that. Um, so what we will be doing increasingly is just looking for really gorgeous uh, delis or little shops or people who can talk about it. Um, I really like the idea of that, not that it's just some anonymous bottle on a shelf, but that we can talk to people about what we do and then they can talk to people about how we do it and they can taste it. So that's what we're starting to do now. Um, And we're, yeah, we're just at the beginning of that. So you can drink it. I mean, basically just look at Michelin starred restaurants (laughs) up and down the country (laughs) and you can find it there. So yeah. you know, Tom Kitchen in Edinburgh at the kitchen, which is this beautiful restaurant. They've been unbelievably supportive and they were the first they were the first um, restaurant to take it. And uh, uh, they've been absolutely brilliant. So go to Edinburgh to Tom Kitchen and drink. It. It's great. OK, I will. <laughs> been meaning to go to the kitchen at some point. Now you've just sold me. <laughs> Uh, that's really that's really cool that you've been working with like Michelin star restaurants and stuff like that. It's, you know, they, they clearly see how good of a product it actually is. Uh, and that is really, I like what you said. You're like, I have no interest in being on a shelf in Tesco. Like you want to, you want to supply, you know, people that 
that understand your product and they understand the work that's gone into it and that, that I think that's what makes Wild Eve so special um, and I'm sure anybody that listens to this will be very intrigued to try it themselves uh, because it is a wonderful product and it is delicious. Thank you. Thank you very much. That's very nice of you. Thank you. We've had the most wonderful reviews. I mean, it's the nicest thing when you're, you know, when you're out here in the middle of nowhere on this tiny island, kind of making a way and not really knowing, you know, not really knowing about the reception that it's receiving. But but what we've been thrilled is by how popular it is. And and actually, um, Club Soda in London in Drury Lane, they've got a they've got a, a little shop. So you can go in there and do tasting and, and you can buy bottles of Wild Eve in, in Club Soda as well. So that's really, that's a nice place. And they're really helpful. Yeah, that's great to know as well. I've heard of Club Soda, Club Soda as well. And I'm sure anybody listening around that neck of the woods that, that is interested will definitely be all over that. And anybody else, like you said, can can go on your website and order some as well. Um, so yeah, definitely get on it. But Thank you so much for telling us all about your product today. I, I it's been really nice here, and like I've obviously like read read what's on your website and stuff, but it's so nice talking to you know the face behind the product and and really hearing about what goes into it because it it just gives you that insight, and I think it's so important as well because you you want to support people whenever you realize what actually goes on behind it it's one thing to see a product and go oh that looks nice but whenever you know the story behind it whenever you know how much love and passion and work has gone into it and you know you taste it and realize it's delicious it just makes it that much more special oh that's very nice of you thank you that's and i'm it's super nice of you to have me on your podcast i'm really I'm really thrilled. Thank you. Well, thank you so much for talking to us today. And I'll leave all of the links below for Wild Eve so you can go grab yourself a bottle. Bye. Thank you for coming on. Bye. 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 If you've enjoyed listening to this podcast and you'd like to contact me in any way, you can find me in all the socials. I am on YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook at Dara Therese and yeah if you want to get in contact with me about being on the podcast or you have any questions at all feel free to contact me and thanks again for listening